Welcome back to episode 18. Lucky 18. Lucky 18. You can, uh, used to be able to buy cigarettes at 18. Can't used anymore. To not anymore. Um, <laughs> we, lottery tickets? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you can enlist in the military. All right, but you can't smoke. You can't smoke. All right. This is a special one. We are going to continue our love of the cottage vendors. Before, oh, before we love cottage vendors. Before I get into our guests, I do want to say that you all asked, actually, for a long time. <laughs> Like two people asked. No, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people have asked. We are officially, as of this episode and our entire backlog, we're putting, putting up on legit podcasting sites. We're going big. We're going big. So uh, we'll be on iTunes, Spotify. Hopefully, I have to do all that after I film this. So the, hopefully, it'll work. All the big names. Um, we'll throw links in the description. But you will now be able to download us, download it, and take us on the go via your phone. Yeah, through hike with us and enjoy the. The audio sensation that is backcountry BSing. So um, check it out on podcasting sites. I have been told that the first week podcasts are up is important. So if you like this podcast, give us a review. Yeah. It could be a bad review. Yeah, it could be a review. Uh, but check it out. Find us on podcast sites. It's time to bring in Underground Quilts. Yep. Welcome. How's it going, man? Good. It's good to be here. Are you, uh, it's hard to tell because it's blurred. Are you, are you in the shop? I am currently in the shop. I've been here since uh, 7.30 this morning. Oh. <laughs> um, I cracked open. Uh, you're in Jackson, Michigan, right? Yep. Okay. I'm trying to drink some Michigan beers. This is Comstock, Michigan, though. I'm not sure where that is. Bells. Ne- never heard of it. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we're continuing these. We, uh, we talked with Light AF. Uh, last week, and we really, we really been enjoying talking to the cottage vendors. And in fact, a underground quilt. I think I, I think that was the first hammock purchase I ever bought before I had a hammock. Because I bought a, uh, you guys had a Black Friday sale in like 2017, I think, and I bought a Zeppelin, and then I bought a Winter Dream, and then Andy just bought a top quilt. Yeah. So we've been buying you guys' stuff for a while. Um, when. So tell me the kind of the story of how UGQ kind of got started. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> you're the wrong one. You to just ask. woke up one you're day and you're just like, <laughs> "No, actually, uh, yeah." I mean, believe it or not, I've told this story probably this year alone at least two hundred times. <laughs> uh, be- before this year, actually, this was our first year heavily marketing. Um, up to this point, we didn't really do any marketing; yeah. it was all word of mouth. So. Um, we didn't really have to tell the story much. Um, but most of it, uh, started with just Paul, um, who obviously is the owner. He, uh, you know, always heavy into backpacking, rock climbing, um, really passionate about the industry and basically came down to, he was sick of paying for expensive gear, um, and had the epiphany one day to attempt to make his own gear. Um, and so he borrowed my mom's well i guess it'd be my grandma my grandma's sewing machine um and so the story goes broke it in five minutes and um <laughs> his first successful taco i think took him probably close to eight eight to ten hours um and he took it on a backpacking trip and some of his friends wanted to know where he got it and you know they started asking him to make some gear and I don't know how long it was after that that he actually turned on a website and then walked away from his uh, career in the home building industry to pursue this full time. So um, it all happened within about a year. So 
was so quilts was the first thing that he went after because maybe like he saw a need there or that was like um, yeah so he i mean before he started the company he was sleeping in sleeping bags um and it really started with an underquilt i think was the first thing that he kind of pioneered through um one of his best friends had a pretty bad and so he had got into hammock camping um which paul wasn't really familiar with at all at the time and so when he got back from a trip after first seeing his friend in a hammock um, he started doing research and learned that there was actually a market for it um and so that was kind of the first thing that he pursued was hammock insulation uh, and how long ago was this um so the company officially started in 2011, so it would have probably been 2010, 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that you guys, that must have been one of the first ones, like hammock specific. I, I don't know. I haven't been in the hammock We haven't industry. been in the hammocks. We've, we got into hammocks in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. But I can see that, that, that you could easily spot like a niche, especially for underquilts. They're just, I don't even know of any underquilt that's been around that long, maybe like a jacks are better or something i have I, no I idea um how did yeah, it's hard to say. how did i mean this is kind of obvious question but how did you start getting plugged into this um yeah so uh paul married my mom uh they, they've been together so they were they were together when the business started they got married i don't know five six years ago now um i started in 2000 and Oh, geez, 2013 or 14. Um, and I worked here for about two years. We were working out of uh, Paul's dad's basement um, when I started. And it was just uh, four of us, my mom, myself, my brother, and Paul. Um, and I basically did the cutting and filling and, you know, the the boring stuff, if you will. <laughs> and um, so I worked here for about two years. We went from the basement of Paul's dad's house to... Uh, the basement of a duplex that Paul and my mom moved into. And then from there, we got our first shop, which was literally a single wide trailer that was, you know, in downtown Jackson. Um, that was a marijuana dispensary before we got in. <laughs> That's a fun. So fact. literally three or four times a day, we would have someone stumble through the door <laughs> looking for the old dispensary. Um, and and had, they would have the most puzzled look on their face. They would, look around and see all of us working on all these quotes and so on. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah. Definitely thought they were tripping. So, <laughs> uh, uh, in that shop, I actually ended up quitting, um, and left for about two years. Uh, it was, it was too soon for, for me to work with the family. Right. I, I did not enjoy it back then. Um, and so I ended up quitting and, and went and worked as a, a TV installer for dish network for two years. Um, and then, uh, Paul had decided that he wanted to grow the business to a new level. And so they had got back in touch with me and, um, came up with a new game plan to, to pursue things. And so we moved into the shop that we're in now, um, in 2017 and have more than tripled in size since then. So it's been pretty amazing. Since 2017, you guys have almost tripled, have uh, more than tripled. Wow. Yeah. Um, yep. how many employees? Uh, right now, we are about to hire number 10. Wow. That's impressive. Oh, you guys so, are. So, actually, we, uh, this, this is still kind of secret news, but not really. Um, we actually are in the process of uh, purchasing a new shop um, that's about 
five times the size of the current shop we're oh in. Oh my god! So we've got about two thousand square foot here. Um, the new shop's about ten and a half thousand square foot. Oh my god! What what do you attribute the the massive growth in business? Is it is it just word of mouth about people just you know seeing how great the product is, or you know you said you're actively like focusing more on marketing, or is Chad coming back? Yeah, so for us, it's been it really it's been YouTube. Um, YouTube's been the biggest avenue for us. Um, I mean, it's it it, it started out with uh, you know one of the first people that I reached out to was um, Joe Brewer with uh, Backcountry Banner. Okay, um, and that was in it was early last year sometime, um, and I had reached out to him and sent him a gear or a bandit, and that was kind of the first one that hit the scene. Was mm-hmm. that was the first bandit review that had come out, um, you know, from a more well known YouTuber. Um, and then after that it was Darwin. And then after Darwin's review, we really didn't pursue that for almost a solid year. Um, his review was kind of, you know, it had mixed feelings with us and a lot of different people. Um, and so we kind of just let things go for a while. And then this year, the very first person that I reached out to this year was actually Dan Becker. Okay. Um, and at the time he only had 7,000 subscribers. And when I had offered to send him a bandit for review, his response to me was, well, I may or may not review it. Um, and I basically told him, well, I'm not going to send it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Review it or I'm not going to send it to you. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, from, from our standpoint, it was if it's a bad review, that's fine. Yeah. We, all we're asking for is a review, whether yeah. it's good or bad. I th- and that's definitely that's definitely fair. And that's interesting that's to totally hear. totally fair. It's, def- it's interesting to hear that from your side, too, because we only... You know, ever we talk about the, the YouTube side? We only ever hear the YouTube side, but yeah, yeah. if you are spending the time and energy and money to make a product and give it to somebody, like a review is absolutely fair. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That. Yep. So, so he, so he, he basically told me. He said, "Well, I know who you guys are. You're not, you know, some Chinese company I've never heard of." So he agreed to do it, um, and from that. Uh, you know, him and I obviously developed a really strong friendship and went on several trips together now. Um, and so from our standpoint, you know, looking at specific channels and kind of strategizing on our side, um, you know, Dan's channel was only a couple months old at that point. He already had 7,000 subscribers. He obviously had a lot of growth. Um, and so, you know, here it is nine months later and he's over 40,000 subscribers. So we've been able to not only um, you know, become friends with Dan, but actually grow as a company alongside Dan because Dan's growth has now become our growth. Yeah. Um, and same with all the other YouTubers that, you know, we've kind of built a network with. Um, and really from our side, it's not been, you know, Hey, we're offering them, we're paying them to say glowing things about our product. It's we send them the product and if they like it, great. If not, then, you know, we go back to the drawing board and, and try to make a better product. Yeah. Um, have you, so, like, one thing we were talking to Light AF about, um, and he was talking about designing a tarp with, with some YouTubers, and he would go, like, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with these people. Is that kind of how it works when you guys are, like, working with somebody and sending them a product? Like, is it kind of like, oh, hey, tweak this a little bit or do something like this? And then do, do you, is there, like, a back and forth like that? I mean, the beauty of our shop, obviously, is we're full custom. So, you know, we will tailor to to specific needs more so than other people. Um, I can't say that we've actually worked on any, like, product-related projects, you know, as, as far as a new product okay. with anyone. Um, and I, I don't think that we probably will unless someone comes up with a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, the, between me and Paul and, and, you know, my brother, who's the lead sewer, um, you know, we do, we do a really good job on kind of fine tuning everything, but you know, most, I mean, we have so many options available on the website, 
you know, most people can find what fits them perfectly, you know, through our options. So um, really that's what it comes down to is, is, you know, constantly adding more options and tweaking the current options and listening to what the community is saying and then building our website in conjunction with that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a funny story. So um, Andy's wife, so for our wives are friends and for Christmases, our wives usually ask the other one what they should get us for Christmas. So his wife was like, hey, is there anything backpacking related that Andy, that I should get Andy for Christmas? And I was like, well, we literally, we were talking to Dan about the bandit top quilt. And I was like, he wants a really warm top quilt. I'm like, check out UGQ. (laughs) She goes, that's great. She goes, yeah, you're going to have to help me here. And she sent me the link because of like all the options, you know, like, because you can really dial in everything. And like from her, she doesn't really backpack. I mean, she backpacks, but it's not like she's like an expert on top quilts. She's I'm like, I'll handle it. But I didn't realize because I bought my Zeppelin like years ago and, and you definitely could could like modulate aspects of it but like when i got on your site and we ordered his top quilt there were so many options there were there were options quite frankly i never heard of and i think that's one of the interesting things too is like you see a lot of a lot of cottage companies start out like completely custom and then you know they get big and that becomes kind of burdensome to to always cater to those custom orders so like hats off to you to keep that going because that that can't be easy that's one thing i found people really like obviously is like high degree of customization. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what product is like your guys like staple? Uh, I mean, definitely the bandit. Talk, you know, that's, okay. that's by far, you know, our number one selling product. Um, I, you know, I, the quilts are the bread and butter yeah. of the quilt, you know, the cottage quilt manufacturer industry. I mean, obviously we make a lot of tarps and we make scullies and, you know, we, sell other you know companies uh pads and whatever um but yeah i mean definitely the bandit by far has been you know the the number one generator of sales um you know and and we don't have any plans ever of you know doing away with the custom side of our shop i mean that'll always be what we focus on you know we've we've got a team of currently nine people and we're shipping 90 quilts a week oh my and for us to be able to do that while offering full customization you know, in a shop that really doesn't function that well because it was chopped up and there's so many rooms in here. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't flow right. So we can create that level of efficiency, you know, in this space with the people that we have once we go into, you know, a space that we can actually really dial in our efficiencies, you know, we'll be able to, to produce, um, some significant output. So with the employees that you hire, do you have a do you have a tough time finding like people skilled already for for sewing and that type of in that type of work or do you do you like hire people and then train them on on how to do that? I've always wondered that. Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of both. Um, most of the people that sew came into it with no experience. Um, so really there's only there's only three people that sew on quilts full time um, here, which again imagining them sh- sewing you know 90 almost 100 quilts a week with just three people is just insane that is Uh, so yeah i mean it mainly it's paul my brother um and then paul's daughter Alyssa. they do the majority of the sewing as far as quilts my mom exclusively does all the tarps um and then we hired a another sewer uh probably about three months ago she does all the stuff sacks all the accessories um you know the miscellaneous bits and pieces um she had some previous experience what what we found is actually better to hire people with no experience oh. um, because we can teach them yeah. you know 
our way right from the very beginning as opposed to them coming into it with bad habits or things that they learn from you know we we put out a job posting a couple months ago and we got you know a hundred resumes of people who you know had sewing experience you know even industrial sewing experience but they were sewing on you know heavy duty canvas and it's like well you're gonna have to start over from scratch dealing with you know 10 denier fabrics right yeah i mean it's just it's night and day difference so um it's it's better for us to look for people who you know are have good attention to detail and good work ethic and then we can train them the right way so who's in charge of um like the the concept of a a family-run company is very cool to me like is is somebody in charge of like the hr related stuff like hiring and stuff like that or do you guys all like collectively just like take a look at some resumes and then like bring people in or something like that yeah, so most of it's pretty much me and Paul. Um, we do pretty much all of the the business side of everything. Um, more so lately, me than than Paul. He's been focusing a lot on sewing just because our lead times are growing exponentially, yeah. and we're trying to keep them down as much as we can. And we got, I don't know, almost six hundred orders on Black Friday, and we're just now shipping the last of the Black Friday orders this oh my week. God, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, he's wow. he's really trying to focus on sewing, um, which has obviously meant my job has transitioned more into. Um, running the day-to-day operation and you know dealing with all of the the marketing and you know the relationships with different businesses and um, as far as yeah hiring and, and all that that's pretty much left up to me so is it um is it cool to work with your family um you know I don't everyone's so busy during the day there's yeah. not a lot of of you know, we don't really pay attention to that. We're working with family okay. in, in the early days when it was just four of us and we were all watching judge Judy all day. While we were <laughs> yes. Is that what's on in the shop? <laughs> judge Judy. Um, that it was judge Judy, judge Mathis. And then on launch, it was Bob Ross. Yeah, so, day, daytime um, television is the worst. That's awesome. It, it, it kept us, you know, undistracted really. Um, so, you know, now that we've kind of transitioned into being a legitimate company, you know, Everyone has their roles. We come in, we do our jobs, and, um, you know, we kind of, not that we leave family at the door, but there has to be that level of, of understanding that, you know, when we're in this building, we're, we're all employees and coworkers, and that has to be that way to set an example to the other employees as well. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we've had some times in the past where there was, you know, jealousy issues or people, you know, who are complaining because certain people seem to be getting special treatment yeah. and, you know, so we kind of all try to treat each other very equally. Do you do you uh, find it a struggle to to make sure you're, like you're getting out in the outdoors at the same time working in the industry in like a busy shop? Is that a, is that a challenge for you? Um, I mean, the nice thing about for me personally, my position, I get to go out and go on trips multiple times a year, um, paid because you know we're taking yeah, our gear out right. and testing them and going on trips with our YouTubers and. Um, you know, I know that for Paul, especially it's, it's been, it's been a challenge for him, you know, up until two years ago, he was working 70, 80, hundred hour weeks, um, you know, just trying to keep the business afloat because it was, you know, he was carrying that burden pretty much on his shoulders yeah. by himself. So, um, really he's been the one that has grown this company and, and got it to where it's at. And so, you know, in the last couple of years, I've been able to take a lot of that burden off of him. So he's now been able to go on some of these trips with me and, um, he actually has plans on retiring in, in the, you know, relatively near future, really? which we're semi-retiring. I don't think he'll ever retire. Okay. Uh, he's, he's too much of a, of a worker. Be he'll, he'll, he'll be that guy that says I'm retired and then he'll come to the shop <laughs> four days a week and, and be there all day and jump on a sewing machine and, you know, see that stuff's piling up and he'll just jump in and start working. So, um, but yeah, I know he has plans on, on doing some more things. Um, but as far as, as far as my 
plan for the next couple of years. I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more trips. Um, I also plan on traveling to a lot of expos, hopefully it, not so much this year, but definitely next yeah, year, yeah. something that we're going to look into doing as well. Any, um, do you, do you care to share any cool trips you've got coming up or anything you want to do backpacking wise? Um, well, believe it or not, I'm, I'm not, I don't really like backpacking. <laughs> That's um, fair. That's fair. A lot of people, a lot of people are shocked when I say that. Um, you know, I, I've, I've got, uh, I've had two hip surgeries. Oh. Um, I've got really bad arthritis in both my hips. I'm supposed to have them both replaced. I've got arthritis in my spine now. So it makes things really difficult yeah, for me yeah, when I'm yeah. walking long distances. Um, but like even, you know, even when we went on the Manitou trip with Dan and Jason and them guys, um, I even told them like, look, man, I'm just here to hang out. Yeah. You guys can hike all you want. I'm going fishing at the lake. I'm setting up camp. Um, we need to Dan ended up sleeping this. in. So that's what we did anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of more my thing. So like, you know, we went and did a trip with, with Joe Robinette a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I told him the same thing. I'm like, dude, I'm not really interested in hiking. Let's go set up a camp somewhere. Yeah. And if we want to hike around, you know, day two and, and go poke around, that's fine. But I'm not really interested in hiking long miles. It's just not, it's not for me. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's so many different ways of outdoor recreating. This is, um, <laughs> so. The joke Andy and I always have is like, we're, we're campers. We're just backpacking yeah. to get to camp. Um, exactly. Like when you're saying, man, it'd be, it's setting up camp on a lake camp, and fish. fish. We're like, yeah, like we're just backpacking yeah. so we can get to that lake. <laughs> People rip on us for that. Yeah, well, whatever. I, don't I, mean, we're, I mean, like it's you know we're about the camp experience. Um, I wanted to get to Joe Rob, Robin Rob, Robinette, right? Yeah, not Jerome Rubinubi like Dan. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, Andy and I. So we, we've been, we've been talking to Dan for a long time and he told us, you know, a couple months ago that he was going on a trip with you and, uh, Joe and we started fangirling pretty hard on that. So, um, you know, we obviously watched the trip video videos. What was it cool? I mean, what was it like being with him and seeing that process? Yeah. I mean, I had, um, talked with Joe a ton before that trip. We had several phone calls, um, you know, and, and kind of already had that friendship thing going on before we went on the trip. So it was pretty, pretty, uh, natural for me to go and hang out with him. Cause I felt like I already knew yeah, him. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely, definitely cool. I mean, you, you know, when you're looking on the, looking at his camera, there's a million people on yeah, the other side of it. Right? Um, so it's definitely a different feel to it than, than, you know, when someone like Dan comes to your shop, it's like, Oh, big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He'll watch this too. Wait, do you know, we yeah, have, no, do we know, we, anticipating that. we have, we have his, uh, we have his sound clips on our sound. No, oh, not, not that one. Because you're a big fat. We liar. have a, we call it the Becker board. We have a bunch of his that's, clips on here. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, funny. Is Joe is Joe going to be in the hammocks now more and using the quilts? Um. So so Joe loved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he had a blast with it. He was super skeptical. Um. Kind of how it all started was I had sent him a top quilt uh, early spring last year. Um, he kept telling me he was going to use it and things just didn't work out. I yeah. sent him a 20 degree and, you know, obviously in the summertime, it wasn't, wasn't really necessary. Um, the first time he used one of our quilts was on a video that he posted. He did a subscriber meetup overnight or with a subscriber. Um, and I saw the video and so I sent him a text and asked him how he liked it. And he told me that it was one of the best night sleeps he ever got nice. in the back country using one of our quilts. And so um, he ended up using it in a few more videos that I didn't even know about. And I went back and watched and saw that he was using them. And uh, 
So I had asked him, I don't remember if it was on the phone or text or what, but I had asked him if he had ever tried hammock camping. And he said that he had tried it, but had some really bad experiences with it and wasn't really interested. And um, obviously I told him, well, it's because you're setting it up wrong. You're not doing something right. You know, us guys that sleep in hammocks, we know that if you had a bad experience, most of the time it's because you set something up wrong. Um, And so, you know, I basically convinced me, you know, send you a hammock and another quilt, try it out. You know, I'll walk you through how to set it up. And that transition into him saying, I'll have no idea how to set this up. So I said, well, why don't we meet somewhere and we'll do a quick overnighter and we'll do the whole setup, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he was all for it. So we put it on the books and, and made it happen pretty quick. So, And you did it in the middle of winter. I know. Yeah, no, that was that was a, a crucial part of it. If, if I do camping, um, you know, I... I don't want it to be cold unless there's snow. Like, I don't want yeah, to go do yeah. cold weather camps. Don't ever early, come so. to Ohio. So, yeah, don't come to Ohio. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had no snow up here this year at all. Really? Yeah, it's it's been, I mean, we've had probably one storm where we got four or five inches, and that's pretty much been it, so. Um, are we are we allowed to talk about your next trip with Joe? We can cut this out if it's not if it's not public. Um, we're going on a on a another hammock trip together yeah um late february at least that's the plan as of right now um when we got home from the trip it was the next night we got home joe sent me a text and was like hey i found this event you want to go to this with me and i said i don't remember exactly what i said at first and i said wait a minute you only want me to go because you want me to set up your hammock for you You (laughs) like yeah you got me So, um, so yeah, I mean, we've, we've kept uh, in contact pretty regularly. We text a couple times a week. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really interested in, in doing the hammock thing right now. He's just not that comfortable yeah. setting it up on his own. So I know he wants a couple more times, you know, with me or with someone that can help him set it up properly. Um, and then, yeah, I'm sure he'll plan on using it a lot more. I got a question. So, so you guys have partnered with some really cool companies like dream hammock, for example, do you think you'll ever get into the hammock game producing your own hammocks? Um, probably not. Um, you know, and the main reason is we don't want to step on anybody's toes. You know, I mean, there's liability involved. There's a lot more things that come into play. You know, Dream Hammock's been an awesome partnership for us. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that we'd want to do is, is potentially take sal- sales away from them yeah. um, or do anything to compromise that relationship. You know, we had kicked around the, the possibility of, of making backpacks. And at the end of the day, you know, we have found what we're good at and it's making quilts. And so, you know, we, we wanted to look to other companies to, to let them flourish in what they're good at and then build those relationships so that we can all flourish together and kind of build those one-stop shops on all of our websites so whether you go to theirs or to ours you can find similar products and build that kit um with you know businesses that have similar models you know full customization and you know prints and all the different things that we are known for that's why we kind of strategically partner with the companies that we did is um so this is a good segue because i wanted to ask this question what are there any like it could be quilt related products are there any like new kind of things you guys are tink- tinkering with that you want to talk about uh yeah i mean we're always tinkering um you know that's something that me and paul love to do is, is product development and prototyping yeah. um we've made probably you know 100 plus prototype quotes over the wow. years um right now we're currently working on a on a full synthetic lineup oh, of, oh um, nice of all of our products oh sweet so we're going to be using a, a loose fill synthetic so it'll have 
basically picture the the current bandit with all the same specs and features and everything with synthetic instead of down um so it'll still have all the same customization but obviously a much better price point being yeah. that it's synthetic that's cool and how long do you uh like when you create new products or you change things or tweak things like how long do you like r&d and test stuff out and prototype before it, it may or may not hit the shelves so we've been we've been working on the synthetic lineup since uh, probably last summer. Um, oh, okay. We've we've made a bunch of test panels. We've put it through dozens of wash cycles and dry cycles, and just to simulate a lot of use. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the hardest part to R and D obviously is temp ratings because you have to get out in all those variable temp ratings yeah. to make sure that it's performing. You know, the way that you're saying it's going to perform. So um, anytime you come out with a new product, there's always you know at least a three season wait period because you have to put it through all the different variables. We don't have a big scale lab that we can simulate, yeah. you know, all the different temperatures. So. so that's a, that's a really good point. That's I didn't even point. think about that from, especially making all these quilts. Like I do, when you buy like down or, or the synthetic fill, like, do you have a rough idea of like how much it would take to insulate for certain types of temperatures or is that all kind of trial and error? Um, initially, yes. Initially, it's, it's you know, trial and error. You have to, I mean, you know, this is something that me and Jeremiah talked about the other day was, you know, there's there's an industry standard, but that industry standard, there's so many variables that yeah. exist because, you know, if this company has a five-inch wide chamber and we have a three-inch wide chamber, um, the amount of down that's required for them to achieve that loft inside that chamber may be more because... Yeah. The wider the chamber, the more you're going to experience this compression in that chamber because of the weight of the fabric or just the sheer volume that's in that chamber. And so um, that standard's kind of a, a very rough estimate. Um, and so as a cottage manufacturer, we pretty much had to come up with all of our temp ratings on our own through trial and error um, and obviously through customer feedback and, and all that. So um, once you get it dialed in, then you basically have formulas that are already pre-built between 800, 850, and 950 fill power down based on the size, length, width, you know, all that comes into play. So um, is it true that you guys overstuff your quilts based on, like you, you may know like you need X amount of down for a certain type of temperature rating and then you purposely add more? Is that true? Because we heard. Right. Yep. So basically. Light, light AF told us that. Yeah, Chris told us that. Basically, our so if you took our 20 degree bandit top quilt, uh, for a 20 degree, it needs two and a half inches of loft. Um, and so you have to look at what's the absolute bare minimum that this requires to keep you alive at 20 degrees. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the lower limit of survival rating. Um, so that's what we used as our baseline, and then we increased it by 30%. Um, oh, so it's actually 30% for the top half of the quilt and 40% uh, for the foot box. So, um, oh. so you're almost but, going after com comfortability ratings, not survivability. Right. Yep. So we are classified as comfort rated. That is awesome. And, uh, I, I've said this on a lot of our um, videos. So I have two, two under quilts. I have a 20 degree Zeppelin and I have a 20 degree incubator. And the Zeppelin is by far warmer. Yeah, you talk about that all the time. I talk about it a lot. Um, well, and that's it, what we try to help people understand, that if you're going to compare you know, our 20 degree to most other companies, you have to use a different quilt because our 20 degree is actually warm at 20 degrees. Yeah. So you know, if this company is using a lower limit rating um, and they're calling it a 20 degree and it's actually only warm at a 35, then compare it to our 30 or 40 degree quilt. 
and then the weights line up and, and the yeah. specs all I make never, sense. I never that. thought about that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, cause you're the Zeppelin 20 degree is slightly heavier than the hammock gear, but it's way warmer. But, but here's the thing too, is then like your prices with that comfortability, like rating. So meaning more down are still sometimes cheaper, if not the same than, than competitors maybe, which is right. interesting to think that's about. That's a good point. And that's a, yeah, I, like, I mean, a lot of it, most of it for us comes down to, you know, one, when we get cost savings from our suppliers, from our down suppliers, fabric suppliers, whatever, we always pass it on to our customers. Um, and the other thing is, you know, like I, like I said earlier, if, as with 10 employees, we can put out, you know, 100 quilts a week. That means our cost into each quilt has gone down significantly, which means we can sell it at a better price point because we don't have as much labor into each product. And so the more efficient that we become as a company, the more the consumer is going to save because we have less cost involved overall in making that product. And the last thing we'd ever want to do as a company is keep jacking the prices up and take advantage of people because, hey, we can make it faster, yeah. so let's just make more money. You know, we we started this business and we keep this business running because we care about what people, you know, are doing with their lives. We care about people getting out and staying active and, and doing what they love to do. And that's the whole reason Paul started this company was because he couldn't afford most of the gear that was out there. And so that's always been our business model is making affordable, high quality gear um, for, you know, the average person. And that's the main difference between like going with a cottage manufacturer versus like yeah. a big a big box company is like you get exactly what you're talking about, which is so it, it's so great, first of all. And yeah. then obviously the customer service is, is massive. Yeah. Um, so another thing I wanted to, this is what's nice talking to people in the gear industry. Um, something we kind of talked to Chris about. Um, what do you think, and this is something that I'm really curious about, like in the next 20 years, what, what do you think is going to be the biggest or some kind of like technological innovations in the backpacking space slash quilt space? Slash, like, is it going to be, you know, cheaper and more efficient down, like lighter textiles. Like, what do you see? What do you see as happening? I mean, you know, that's kind of a something that we've thought about pretty heavily. Um, you know, I mean, we we've obviously experimented with seven D fabric already, which is just wow. mind blowing. Yeah, you know, that that they can produce a, a downproof fabric that's seven denier is just. I mean, it's. It's mind blowing because ten years ago, obviously, that would have never been thought right, of, right. Or heard of. You want to be like, what the heck is that? Um, so, you know, with how fast technology advances, you know, both in the textile industry and just in the world in general, I mean, really, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what it's going to look like a, a year from now. You know, I mean, look at, at Chris at Light F. I mean, yeah. a year ago, he was he was selling fanny packs, you know, on Etsy, and now. He's got five employees in a, you know, 3,000 square foot shop. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so much can happen in that time period. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest hurdles or challenges for cottage companies is all of the big box stores or big box names that are coming into the quilt industry oh, yeah. and, and yeah. offering things, you know, Chinese made things that are cheaper, faster, you know, you can get it next day um, and really kind of trying to monopolize that market. And so we have to find a way to stand alone, you know, stand aside from the crowd um, because three years ago there was almost no big names offering quilts. And yeah. now every big name sleeping bag manufacturer is offering some sort of quilt. Right. Uh, so that's been that's been the most challenging part is, is how do we stay innovative and, and moving forward and, and stay a company that's trending um, and for us at the end of the day, the biggest thing for us is quality. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we inspect every gear that goes out of these doors, uh, extremely, 
Um, I personally look at 99% of the gear that leaves this shop. Um, all the processes between cutting, filling, finishing, sewing, everyone has a strategic way that they do it where they're inspecting pretty much every square inch of that quilt. You know, it's being seen at least five or six times before it leaves the shop. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And, and I think that seems to be a consistent message for, for people who are like considering, you know, where to buy products from is yeah. like the advantages you get from going with a cottage manufacturer versus a big box. Do you, do you ever get hit up by like big box manufacturers to like supply them or sell, sell your products? Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been, we've had a couple, um, a couple of retailers reach out to us over the years. Um, Paul and I actually just last Wednesday went up to Moose Jaw headquarters. Oh, oh, that's right. They're Michigan. That's right. They had reached out to us wanting to retail our quilt, meaning it would still be, you know, hundred percent our quilt, um, that they were wanting to offer in their stores. And so we went up there and met with their, I don't know if it was their lead sleeping bag purchaser of one, one of their sleeping bag yeah. purchasers. Um, and we took a, you know, a quilt up there and let them look it over and they ended up keeping it so they could talk about it with their team of people. We went, so we went into their headquarters and there was probably 250 people working there. Yeah. They're a big company. Massive production, which most, most people don't realize how big Moose Jaw really is. Yeah. They've got 11 stores, but their online presence is just it's huge. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, we actually got reached. We we got contacted by Shark Tank. Uh, really? Early last year. Oh, that's cool. For 2018, late 2018, um, wanting us to go on Shark Tank, and what we didn't know was that they actually wanted us to agree to all the terms before we went on to the show. So they wanted you know 10% ownership of our company. They wanted just for you know, going on the show. Of course. Right, so we had to agree to everything. So it was the one of the wow. sharks' assistants had reached out to us saying, "Hey, so and so is interested in your company. This is what he wants," um, and we had to agree to it all up front before we went onto the show. Which I'm sure at that point they would have coached us on how to act through the whole, yeah, you know, oh yay, you know, type <laughs> thing. So, but we've been, you know, we've been in business for eight years and we've never, we've never been in debt. We've yeah. never borrowed money. We've always been 100 percent debt free since day one. Yeah, if you don't, um, need, which not a lot of companies can say. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you don't need the capital, they 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 just want to make good TV. It seems like so. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's like um, there's an, a a one a channel we know, a very big knife making channel, and he was gonna go on Forged in Fire, like on the History Channel. Oh, yeah. And it was the same thing, like yeah. they wanted a, so much upfront just for like. And this dude has a hundred thousand subscribers, and he's like, "Dude, more people are going to be watching my YouTube channel than watch this show." <laughs> but right, uh, exactly. And then, and then th- there were some. <laughs> there's there's other stories about other YouTubers we know getting getting offered to be on Naked and Afraid, and uh, <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, like mm. they, you know, they just they look at it as they're doing like us a favor or they're doing you a favor, but in reality, you know, you guys have the momentum. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have the upper hand. Um, that's really cool that you went up, uh, Moose Jaw was like literally one of the first companies I bought outdoorsy stuff from cause they were, they had a huge online presence and they're like, they're like fun and wacky and zany. I don't know. You probably knew that you're up there. Right. Yeah. That's like their shtick. Um, I mean, I don't think there was a single person working there that was over 30. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. How far is that from you guys? Uh, it was about an hour and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, so are, is this going to be something like getting in with, I don't know, I guess you'd call Moose Jaw a retailer. Um, are you trying to get more, like your products into more of these retailers? Is that kind of a business strategy? Um, you know, it wasn't really on our radar until they reached out to us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, at the end of the day, the cottage industry is always going to have a cap. Yeah. There's always going to be right. a limit where you're going to kind of top out. Um, and so, you know, trying to strategize as a, as a cottage company, how to manage and balance, you know, custom and, and retail, um, you know, there's, there's a real fine line there because on one hand you have, you know, a, a very faithful, um, customer base, yeah. you know, very loyal customer base that, that, you know, considers you a, a custom made, you know, cottage quilt manufacturer. And the second that you go retail, they think, you know, Hey, you're throwing all your custom work out the door and you're only focusing on retail and, and wanting to be, you know, multimillionaires, which is not at all what we're interested in. Like, you know, we're all totally content with where we're at financially. And, and that's not what we're in this for. Um, but on the other hand, you know, understanding that there's a cap, understanding that, you know, one, we're, we're supplying a lot of jobs to, to our economy. Yeah. You know, we're, we're doing, um, a lot of really fun and awesome things. So, you know, it, it's hard to say what's actually going to happen there. Um, but I will say if it does happen, if we did ever do anything retail related, um, it would, it would never take away from what we're currently doing. Yeah. We would basically have a designated team for retail, um, so that those sellers only sell retail and, and this team only works on retail so that it doesn't compromise our okay. customer side. Okay, that makes sense. I can see that being difficult to like, because be like being a cottage company retail, supplying moose jaw, that's a lot of you, work. You'd have to basically, like you wouldn't be able to customize stuff, right? You'd have to build them like 500 of these yeah, top quilts, right? Yeah, it would be pre-made. Right? Yeah, yeah. Whatever we would make them. It would still, it would still be our same people yeah. making it. It would just be... You know, they don't have any custom options. It would be, you know, because if they're they're wanting to put it in their store, so obviously it has to be yeah. 100% done. Um, so, you know, what that looks like down the road again, it's, you know, we've we've looked at a lot of numbers and a lot of different ways on how to make that work. Um, we're not pursuing it right now. Yeah. We're kind of letting that sit. Yeah. You know, we've we're, we're still 500 orders deep, and that's what we're focused <laughs> on. Is you know our current customers that are waiting. Yeah. Uh, you know, but who knows? I mean, I'm I'm not going to say you know that it's it's completely out of the question. Um, but you know, right now our focus is definitely custom made and doing what we're doing. Do you, um, do you think other cottage vendors are going to be looking to do that? Jump into the retail space? Um, I think it'll just depend on, on, you know, what the market looks like and if it continues to grow all the way that it has, yeah. you know, we started out as a hammock, uh, company and, and the hammock community compared to the backpacking oh, community. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a huge difference. So we've only really just begun to tap into the backpacking community. Yeah. Uh, you know, we sold, I don't know, like 3000 quotes last year, oh my God. you know, and thinking about how many backpackers there are in the world or how many people that, that would use, you know, a quilt, um, is a hundred or a thousand times that right. number. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, that market's untapped. And then, you know, you've got other markets like the bushcrafting community, yeah. you know, Joe was the first person that we had reached out to in the bushcrafting community because that's what I like to do. And I'm like, Hey man, if I'm going out and doing overnighters in a wood shelter, I'd like to have a warm yeah. quilt you know, to sleep with. And so, and, and it's something that is lighter, you know, obviously those guys are packing a lot heavier yeah. items. So anywhere that they can save weight, why, why not? Um, and so Joe had actually never even heard of a quilt before. It, I mean, never heard of a top. That's quilt a at big all. market. And so obviously him being the first one that we pursued in that market, um, has opened up a lot of doors and a lot of uh, a lot of potential, and we've also uh, tapped pretty heavily into the um, big game hunting community. Really, uh, that's they're going out west and, and elk hunting, moose hunting. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're going out ten sense. day trips. Yeah, that makes sense. Mountains. Yeah, um, 
And so we actually got featured in a, in a pretty large magazine. Um, one of their chief editors bought one of our quilts, and we didn't, we didn't know it. And he ended up using it and then contacted us and asked us if he could do a full-page spread in his magazine. Um, and uh, I thought I had a copy of it. <laughs> Um, That's sweet. But he actually featured us two months last year, um, and I think they've got close to half a million subscribers to their magazine. Wow! Um, so it was, it was. I mean, yeah, I talked to probably four or five hundred big game hunters last year on the phone of people that were, you know, heard about us through this route or this route. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of potential in the quilt industry. It's just you know a matter of strategizing and. and do you um? Well, you look at you look at all those guys, and they've got these massive packs, and they're and they're in the backcountry, like you said, going, you know, going after elk yeah. for like ten days with these massive packs. Yeah, and like, makes right. sense. That's a um. You need to get one of those quilts in the hands of uh, Steve Ranella. Yeah, seriously. Get him to look at um, one of those. Yeah. Do you? That's um, actually that's actually on my radar. I've been I've been uh. Ranella's I've been man. Ranella's oh, awesome. She is so. Uh, awesome. and, Cam, and Cam Haynes. Um. <laughs> Do you do yeah, any hunting? Yeah. You're a hunter? Oh yeah, I'm a hunter. Nice. Yeah, we sure. we um we dabble. We dabble. We we only have whitetail down here and some other stuff, but uh getting into like multi-day backpacking hunting is something Andy and I are definitely going to do at some point and and one of these and fishing more. I need to do more backpacking. Yeah, fishing. we we've done backpacking fishing before, but we definitely, you know, we we go out, we hunt generally every year. Um and we see these people going like Colorado on these like, like big elk hunts and we're like like packing in and base camping and like you know going out and glassing and doing all that stuff. I'm like, dude, that looks awesome. Yeah. And it's a good it's like a good like being able to backpack is a good like transitional skill for that. Yeah. I don't then, know. And then taking advantage like you look at like Cabela's and like all the big names, like all the gear is just so bulky it's and, so and, heavy. and so heavy. It's so heavy. <laughs> And then you're supposed to pack a hundred pounds of meat. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, How do you even do that? <laughs> just take multiple trips. I don't know. That's cool though that um, you guys are looking to break into other kind of markets and and something that has never. It's so weird to me. The bushcraft market on YouTube is so big. It's much bigger than backpacking. So much bigger than and, backpacking and camping and yeah. hunting, and it makes. It's so random to me. I don't know why. People like that survivalist. But people content. like hunting. Yeah. I would think it's just as many people like hunting, but hunting's really not that big on YouTube. I mean it is, but not like like bushcrafting of all the outdoor specialties, bushcrafting is by far the biggest. I would agree. You know? Well, I think bushcrafting really took off after the whole doomsday prepper phase yeah, right. where people were, you know, really hyper focused yeah. on how to survive, you know, in worst case scenarios. And so you see all these survival challenges all over YouTube of people going out with $20 worth of items and yeah. surviving for the night. And, you know, that market's really grown. Um, but that all kind of was birthed out of that whole doomsday prepper, you know, scene That's on, a good point. Yeah. on TV. Um, I don't even, I haven't had TV in literally like nine years. So I don't <laughs> even know what's on TV anymore. That's good. Um, uh, my quick side note, um, my wife is home with all four of our kids right now doing bedtime routines, dinner, yeah. all that stuff. So I need to give her a shout out. She also is a stay at home mom full time and homeschools all four of our kids. So what's what's your wife's name? She, Brittany. Shout out to Brittany. Jeez, Brittany, that's a Brittany. <laughs> damn girl. Amazing. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Homeschooling um, four kids in, and letting me do this. I was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna shout out to Brittany for taking care of the kids so that Chad could hang out with us. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. 
Does yeah, he, um, she's always been super supportive. She goes on all the trips with me. That was my know, next like question. Yeah. Trail days and does all that stuff. So, so she's a, she's she uh, generally into the outdoors too. Not even a little. <laughs> so no, when we go on trips, we're staying in hotels. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you you brought up an interesting point. Like, uh, so if people want to like see your gear and ha- like you know, touch it and feel it. So uh, you mentioned trail days. Are there any other places that you'll be at that, that people could, could come and visit you? Um, so we will be at trail days in Damascus this year. Um, it, we're also planning on going to PCT days this year as well. Nice. Uh, I don't know what else we have. Um, you know, years past, we went to a lot of different hammock hangs. That was kind of our thing. Yeah. We travel around and go to different hangs. You know, most time there was never any more than 40, 50 people, um, so it wasn't like a huge presence, but yeah. it was still fun for us to make appearances. And um, that was really what grew the first six years of our business was doing that. Um, but like I said, next year, I think we plan on doing a lot more expo type things, mm-hmm. um, going and setting up booths at as many different places as we can, um, whether it's hunting expos, backpacking expos, yeah. bushcrafting expos. Um, we plan on attending as many of those as we can. So this year, for sure, we'll be at Trail Days, um, both in Virginia and uh, PCT Days. And do you, it, with your new store location that, you know, the bigger, better store, do you, you ever think you'll have like a walk-in retail location? Um, so, so right now the plan is to have a, a showroom floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Okay. Um, I mean, this shop has always been open for people to come in. There's always product out at some point during the day for people to come in and, and, you know, jump on a sleeping pad and, and test it out. Um, so that's kind of always been something that we've, we've done. Um, we've never told people that they can't come to our shop. Yeah. And, I mean, nowadays there's so many quote manufacturers. We don't really have anything to hide. You know, we used to have like top secret ways, uh, that we baffled and filled things. And, yeah. you know, now we have a live stream in our shop 24 seven. So we just don't really care That's because right. you do. I knew that. That's I knew awesome. That. People are going to copy that. and do their own thing yeah. regardless. So yeah. it's just, we kind of let that go. Um, but yeah, we'll have, we'll have, you know, uh, a, Probably not a storefront, but definitely a show floor where mm-hmm. people can come in and, and jump in a hammock, you know, see what the underquilt feels like, you know, laying a top quilt. Um, it'll have a tarp and all that kind of setup. So it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think uh, a lot of people who are new to like the cottage experience of like buying, there's some hesitation from people about like being able to touch and feel gear. But yeah. I mean, like when you start researching, everybody's like, everybody's giving positive reviews on things. And usually that, that, tips people over but i still think like there's still an advantage to people being able to like see stuff first every you know you don't see that a ton with cottage vendors well i mean logistic like, right i mean it's, right it's you called know. a cottage company for a reason right yeah right. but i mean that's yeah. the trade-off that's the trade-off you get you get the customized you custom uh, custom ability customization <laughs> customization <laughs> customer go. service words are hard and fantastic <laughs> products and so nice yeah um all right chad I think we're going to wrap this up. We've been going almost an hour. Goes fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Um, I was just getting warmed up. <laughs> hey, man. We'll do a second part to this. Uh, but first, honestly, thank you so much for yeah. talking to us. I know it's uh, it can be weird doing these things. And I know you're getting hit up a lot, too, so we appreciate yeah, you making time um, with us. And yeah. obviously, we'll put a link down to Underground Quilts and check them out. Um, we have, Andy and I, we own several things from them. They're a good company. They're comfortable. I didn't. I didn't realize until this thing that their their ratings were based on comfortability, not temperature. I was like, their stuff is always warmer. Um, so check out UGQ. We're big fans. Chad's a cool guy. It's a good company. Um, 
Thank you so much, man. Yeah, we'll, we will we will catch everybody on the next backcountry BSing. Yeah, thanks so much, Chad. We really appreciate you doing this.